All You Need to Know, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that prepares you for the day's business. Good morning to everyone tuning in. This is Bloomberg Quint and I am Hormus Fatakia, back to tell you all that you need to know on the 22nd of March. First up, coronavirus cases continue to rise across the country with over 43,000 cases being reported as of 8 a.m. on Sunday. Maharashtra continues to remain the epicenter, reporting over 30,000 new cases as of Sunday evening, with Mumbai reporting its highest ever tally of 3,775 new cases. Speaking of Mumbai, the city administration will begin random testing for the virus starting today. The BMC said that random rapid antigen testing will be conducted at crowded places like malls, Kaugalis, among other places. At each mall, rapid antigen tests will be carried out on at least 400 visitors. The civic body also said that citizens who have successfully registered on the Coven portal should visit their nearest vaccination centre without waiting for their date of appointment. More details on all of this can be found on BloombergQuint.com. Future Retail has filed an appeal against the Delhi High Court ruling which said last week that the previous verdict by the Singapore Arbitration Court is enforceable in India. The court also ordered the freeze on assets of Kishore Biani and other directors of the group. The appeal will be heard today as per the court's website. An article in the Reserve Bank of India's monthly bulletin said that the economy cannot withstand higher interest rates in its current state. The central bank said that while the economy is recovering, but it is certainly not out of the woods as of yet. The bulletin further stated that aggregate demand conditions are improving, although short-term risks from a rise in coronavirus cases and higher inflation continue to persist. Food delivery startup Zomato is planning to file its DRHP by April for its IPO, according to people familiar with the matter. Sources told Bloomberg that the company may raise close to $650 million through its IPO. Sources further stated that the listing process may be completed by the end of September this year. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman said that India will look for alternative sources of crude oil in order to ensure sustained supply of fuel. The minister also said that federal and state governments will have to discuss about the inflationary impact of rising crude prices on the economy and also on the consumer. From the IPO space, the issue of Nazara Technologies became the second most subscribed issue of 2021 with overall subscription of over 175 times. Subscription was led by non-institutional investors who put up demand for nearly 400 times the shares on offer. The institutional portion was subscribed over 100 times while the retail bit saw subscription of 75 times. The other IPO that closed on Friday was Suryoday Small Finance Bank, which became the least subscribed IPO of the year. Overall subscription for the lender stood at 2.4 times, less than Kalyan Jewelers, which was subscribed 2.6 times. In corporate news, Tata Motors has said that Mark Listerseller, who was supposed to join the company as its new MD and CEO from the 1st of July, will not be doing so as he will not be able to relocate to India due to personal reasons. The company said that the current MD and CEO, Gwenta Bushek, will continue in his role until the 30th of June. Bharat Dynamics has signed a contract for production and supply of Milan 2T anti-tank guided missiles with the Ministry of Defence. The contract is valued at close to 1200 crore rupees. 
NMDC has raised the prices of lump ore by 5% and that of fines by 2.5%. Lump ore prices now stand at 5,350 rupees per ton, while fines prices are now at 4,310 rupees per ton, as per the exchange filing. This comes after the company left prices unchanged earlier this month as compared to those in February. In international news, the Turkish lira plunged as much as 15% this morning after President Erdogan decided to replace the country's central bank chief. The fall erased gains made over the last four months, putting the currency within touching distance of its all-time low in November last year. The new governor has pledged to use monetary policy tools to deliver permanent price stability. Oil prices have resumed their decline this morning after capping their biggest weekly loss since October last year. Futures traded with losses of over 1% in early trading. Analysts, however, believe that the recent correction was transient and that rebalancing will continue owing to higher vaccinations globally. Saudi Aramco has also clarified that another attack on its facilities on Friday did not impact supplies in any form. With that, I head over to Neeraj Shah for the trade setup of the day. Morning, Neeraj. Well, the FTSE rebalancing did bring about some respite for the markets on Friday. How are we set up for the new week? Well, thanks, Ormus. Um, contrary to how Asia started off, it seems to be a relatively calm week on the data front for the global markets. The sole central bank meeting will be from the Swiss National Bank. Uh, but there is an overload of economic data on the agenda. Amongst the most important ones being the PMI surveys out of the Eurozone, which might be fragile, but let's wait and watch. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell testifies before Congress twice this week and a dozen other Fed speeches are slated. So the U.S. markets will be on the lookout for that and we might get cues uh, from there. The direction of the bond yields, I think, will continue to drive stocks after the 10-year Easter high, the U.S. 10-year Easter high of 1.75% for this past week, which is the highest in 14 months, as all of us know. In India specifically, I would urge all of you to read the column by my colleague Ira Duggal, which highlights how the negative yield in India was probably a, or was definitely a fat finger syndrome. So the Indian yields shouldn't worry too many people. At least the negative yield shouldn't worry too many people. Uh, for Indian markets specifically, uh, last week the breadth collapsed totally and very few broader market stocks showed continued momentum, if any. Foreign investors remain decent buyers of the Indian equities, led partly, I think, by the FTSE uh, buying on Friday, and the multiple deals of Vanguard were in part due to that reason. Bond deals also corrected after Abhiya Governor, as I said, talked down the fears of the rate hikes. However, Bhav Bhagwanche and the markets showed its bent as defensives. Red FMCG were the top performing sector for the week, and sectors like real estate were the top underperformers. It shows the bent of the market clearly. Volatility has continued to ease though, and in this all-important expiry week, while it may rise a little bit, something tells me that this there might be a setting this, this might be setting a deck up to play contra long. So if you're a really smart investor, try and look at that area. Asia has started off though on a week to a mixed note. Japan, the Nikkei 225 slipped about 1.7% in early morning trade. Topics corrected, South Korea's Kospi declined nearly 0.1%, but ASX or the Australian index was slightly higher. MSCI has broadest indexed of Asia-Pacific shares traded around the flat line, so very difficult to get too many positive or very large negative cues. Sectorally, autos will be in focus today. A Jeffrey's note says that while the scrappage policy has the right intent, 
the incentives are insufficient to trigger much replacement because a vehicle owner can usually get scrap value of about 2 to 3% of the vehicle price in the market and hence the incremental incentive from the policy appears very very minimal they also believe that OEMs are unlikely to offer additional discounts at a time when demand is all is just about recovering and companies are facing severe margin pressure due to elevated commodity prices there are some upgrades on stocks like Voltas by HSBC or a note or United Spirits by Motilal Oswal that could be interesting. And the markets will be watching out for the listings of Lakshmi Organic and Nazara with mammoth subscriptions for both last week. And of course, I mean, companies like NMDC and Pirate Dynamics, as Hormuz would have suggested, are already, um, I mean, would be on the focus. But I think what all of us in India and specifically in Mumbai should watch out for is not just markets, but for safety. As a forward suggested to me, Mumbai has just reported 3,775 new cases in a single day. Just to put these numbers into perspective, 32% higher than Mumbai's highest single day count during the first wave. And it doesn't seem like we are close, anywhere close to the peak of the current wave, be it the second or the third one. So please be careful, please stay safe and have a safe and a great trading week ahead. Thanks so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to All You Need to Know. Did you know that you can listen to this show on the IVM Podcast app? On the IVM Podcast app, along with this, we have a number of other shows which you think you'll enjoy. Listen to Cyrus Says with Cyrus Brocha as the host. Listen to Pesa Vesa with Anupam Gupta. The Scene and the Unseen with Amit Varma or Shunya One hosted by Shiladiti Mukhopadhyay and myself. Check out the IVM Podcast app to get more talk content that you will enjoy.